Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Thanks ever so much for listening to the Kent Online Podcast. Welcome along. It's Wednesday, December the 16th and with just nine days to go until Christmas, we've had a bit more clarity today on what we can and can't do. Essentially, the rules are staying the same. Three families will be able to get together for five days from next Wednesday. That's December the 23rd. However, the Prime Minister has changed his tone slightly today and he says people should exercise a high degree of personal responsibility. Now, the whole thing has been at the centre of quite a big debate in recent days because COVID cases are continuing to rise. Well, we've been chatting to shoppers in Chatham to find out what their festive plans are. I, I think it should be as few people as possible. I know people are going to miss their family, but it's going to avoid a spike, I think, in January because I, at Christmas everyone wants to hug and kiss each other, which is natural, but do we want a third spike? No. I mean, we're still spiking up. Yes, and Medway and has gone from low to quite high, hasn't it? You know, and I mean, I wear this all the time, but people don't, do they? But uh, it's not been sort of like banning Christmas, but I think all the time that people have been in lockdown, this is their chance to be together and they will go a bit silly. Well, my family is in Turkey, so, um, but I have friends. Uh, here and also in London so um, I want to see them but in a way maybe after the Christmas or after the uh, restrictions so I would be able to see them meet them yeah we've fought this long to basically shield all our elderly and our vulnerable and loosening the rules is just literally going to cause a surge again and we're all going to be locked down again and we're all trying to fight for normality to come back. So, no, I don't agree with it at all. We're literally in our own bubble, and that's it. It's us, my, myself, and my husband, and our children. So, yeah, that's it. All in our house, and that's it. No, no, no grandparents, no nothing. I mean, my mum lives in East Sussex, and we would love to. We were supposed to have gone down to see her um, over the Christmas period. We were all supposed to spend time as a family, but no, we all turned around and said no. We'd rather, when everything is safe, then we can go and see her. I think at the end of the day, they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't because people are going to abuse the rules whichever way they go. So I think at the end of the day, it is what it is and people have to make their own decisions. We've got one person coming over. I've got my own dad who's isolating. I'll take his Christmas dinner round to him because he's at risk, but we've got one, one family member coming round. That's it. This has been a terrible year for everybody and traditionally people look towards Christmas to probably unwind and get together with people and their loved ones and all the rest of it but this is such a totally different year isn't it i've got very few plans i'll be i'll be working through most of it and um but when the early, the early day that's sitting concrete is i'm just going to see my mum and dad on christmas day as I mentioned, coronavirus cases are still rising in Kent and the government is also reviewing the current tier system that's in place. It's been two weeks now since the county came out of lockdown and into the strictest COVID measures. That's tier three. Phil Thorley is the director of Thorley Taverns, which runs 19 pubs in Thanet. Of course, they are having to stay closed at the moment and can only offer takeaway services. He's been chatting to our reporter Ish. 
Our numbers locally in Thanet have been dropping. Um, however, elsewhere has been spiking up. So I think that the average is going to mean that Kent stays in tier three. The next review date is in, a, is in two further weeks, which is just prior to New Year's Eve. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to happen because Parliament doesn't normally sit then, so I don't know. We, we don't really, as the industry, understand how, how that's going to work through. Uh, but with numbers being where they are at the moment, I think that, that Kent has to look into 2021 starting in Tier 3, sadly. And as you pointed out, uh, your area, Thanet, is, is actually the only part of Kent which has seen a decrease recently in cases. That, that must be disappointing if you've got to remain closed, if there's signs in, in your part, at least, that it's improving. Uh, I, I think it's really challenging because, you know, Thanet as a whole went from, from one of the lowest in the county and, and, and the country to one of the highest in the county and the country over a period of a few weeks. And, and um, one can only think it was the students and the children going back, which caused those spikes. There were no, no other reason one doesn't think. Uh, but yeah, it is disappointing. However, with our numbers still long of 400, I can't see us being taken backwards. I'm pleased to see that numbers in Thanet are now, are now coming back um, and, and not pleased to see that elsewhere in Kent there seems to be a wave with numbers going going upwards. This must be one of the worst periods to be closed when they're up to Christmas and into the, the, the new year it, as well. It's so super know. challenging, it's super challenging because you know December is a time when uh, our, our staff, our managers, but most importantly, our customers enjoy our venues uh, probably more than any other time of year. Um, you know, that we have a lot of traditional pubs and a lot of traditional restaurants where we'll put decorations up. It's a great atmosphere. It's a great vibe. People come together for their annual work celebration or their annual family get together, uh, friends get together. So, so it's really disappointing on, on, on a personal level for all of our team, uh, but also on a financial level. You know, we, we can... We can get up to 25, 30% of the year's profit just out of this particular month. So not having this month is, is going to have a, a devastating impact, uh, certainly on our industry, and, and it will make a very detrimental impact on our company as well. And you, you talked there about the, the atmosphere that's usually the, the jubilant atmosphere with, with customers, and you touched on it about the discontent with your staff. What's the feeling? You must be talking to them regularly. I mean, you said, as you said, hundreds of your staff have been furloughed. I mean, with that uncertainty, what's the feeling amongst the group? Uh, the, the, the group are, are feeling very, very nervous. You know, they, they, you know, people with this being the second tier of lockdown again, um, people are nervous, nervous for their roles, nervous for their venues, nervous for the company. Um, we are hoping very much with the support of our, our bank that we will get through this. Um, however, you know, there are parts of our business I can't see reopening in, in the medium term. We do some late night business. I can't see that returning at all in the medium term, to be perfectly honest. Um, a number of our venues cater for parties and weddings and functions. I don't think those mass gatherings are going to be allowed very soon. Um, very fortunately for ourselves, we haven't had to lay off one person from our company as yet. Um, and we're delighted about that because the two biggest assets that we have are one, our people and, and, and two, our premises. But it's highly unlikely that Kent will move out of Tier 3, with seven parts of the county in the top 10 for the highest infection rates in England. A decision is expected to be announced tomorrow. Of course, we will let you know what that decision is at kentonline.co.uk. And you can also hear updates on our sister radio station, KMFM. Well, as you heard in that chat with Phil Thorley, Thanet is the only place in Kent at the moment where the infection rate is going down. 
Swale has the highest infection rate in England. Medway, Dover, Maidstone, Canterbury, Ashford and Gravesham are also in the top 10. One other COVID story to update you on today and the family of a Kent teaching assistant who died after testing positive for coronavirus say her death was completely avoidable. 62-year-old Michelle Cockrell worked at the Sittingbourne School before she got symptoms and passed away last month. Her family believes she caught COVID while at work and should have been either furloughed or shielded because of her age. The school say they're deeply saddened by the loss of a much-loved member of staff and Kent County Council say they're doing their best to keep schools open safely in line with government guidance. Kent Online News. Some other top stories for you now and a 30-year-old man is due in court charged with causing death by dangerous driving after a vehicle crashed into a tree on the A21 near Tunbridge Wells. Detectives are still trying to identify the passenger who died following the collision in Flimwell on the Kent-Sussex border in the early hours of Monday. Five members of a drug network which sold heroin and crack cocaine in Dover have been jailed for a total of 22 years. Four men and a woman who are aged between 24 and 52 made around 60 deals a day in the town before they were among 36 people arrested during raids in February. Now, the Kent Online podcast has been told some major haulage companies are already moving their business away from Dover ahead of the end of the Brexit transition period. There are real concerns and have been for a while now that changes after the end of December will lead to delays at the port and Eurotunnel at Folkestone. Added to that, it's also been revealed a lorry park being built in Ashford won't be completely finished in time. In fact, We understand it won't be finished until February. Well, Graham Pask is from the Road Haulage Association based in Sittingbourne and he's been chatting to us along with transport consultant Fiona Hobbs. Drivers are probably the the most regulated workforce in the country. Every every step they they make is recorded and a telegraph in their vehicle. They're only allowed to work a certain amount of hours, so they're not free to roam around the Kent countryside to try and find somewhere to park. Literally, once their driving hours are up, and if they go over those driving hours, they potentially could lose their, li- their living, their livelihood, because if, if they've done it on more than one occasion, more two or three occasions, not only will they get fined for each occasion, but eventually it will come back and they could lose their vocational licence because they're cons- consistently breaking the rules. Now, for me, again, I don't want to push drivers. I mean, there's, there's talk about extending drivers' hours, but they're already working up to 15 hours a day. I don't think it's right to extend the driver's hours to 16 hours a day. Nobody wants to work 16 hours a day. That's two days work for most of us. You know, eight-hour days is a normal, is a norm. It's what the working time directive says, eight-hour days. So why are we extending drivers to 16 hours just to try and accommodate these changes? None of us would like our families to be hit by a truck that the driver's been driving for 15, 15 hours to find a parking space. Now, all sorts of things could happen. It's, it's horrendous, the thought that could actually happen. We need an, an infrastructure, a, a transport, a freight infrastructure. Now, unfortunately, we've had a massive lack of investment over the last 30 years about that infrastructure because we are a small island, heavily populated. The space we stand on is very expensive and nobody wants to pay money to have it, trucks just parked there overnight. It's a, a very, very expensive piece of land to park on. So unfortunately, we are faced with that situation that, that nobody's standing up to take responsibility of putting a proper infrastructure in place for our transport. It's, it's not just Kent, it's, the country, it's countrywide. I don't want a lorry parked in front of my house. We don't. But what I'd like to see is a proper parking place for that lorry. 
you know, something yeah. that, where the driver's got facilities. That's what we need. There's going to be chaos. On the 1st of January, there's going to be chaos. Lots of hauliers now, including some big, big transport people, they are now, um, they're now transferring the work from, from Dover and all around Kent to, to Felixstowe and Immingham. And that's going to have a knock-on effect on Kent, as in work. You know, the people of Kent thought about that as well, because I can name two big haul, two big massive companies that are shipping. They're either going to take stuff over to Dublin and ship from Dublin, or they're going to ship from Felixstowe and Harwich. The problem for the haulier is the same whether we're a UK haulier or a European haulier. You know, it is. It's going to just be a massive issue, and there will be vehicles. Uh, parked in unsuitable places, unsuitable for the public, but also unsuitable for the driver. Now, the drivers don't want to be there. They don't want to be in a lay-by. They want to be at the side of the road. They want to be in a parking, a proper parking facility where they can access to toilets and showers. The, the blame lies firmly on government, this government and previous governments. So I say the lack of, lack of investment in infrastructure for transport is, is 30 years plus. I totally agree with Graham. Absolutely totally agree. It's um, it's just um, a ridiculous. It's it's throughout the country the the lack of infrastructure for lorry drivers. End of story. But Kent is really bad, and it's been bad for two years. Really bad for two years, and it's getting worse. I feel sorry for lorry drivers. I mean, I was a lorry driver for many years, and I actually feel sorry for them. We've all heard of stories about the foreign lorry drivers in a lay-by in picturesque Sussex who used the lay-by as a toilet. The poor guys had no other choice. That's the problem. There is no opportunity to have for him to use facilities. So yes, I wouldn't want it in a lay-by outside my country property. But nevertheless, the poor guy has had no other choice. And that's really the problem we've got. The infrastructure isn't there to support these people. Basic human requirements that lorry drivers need. That's what it is. Yeah that we all take for granted when we work in an office. Talks on a potential trade deal are continuing. Plans for a new McDonald's restaurant and drive through in Folkestone have been rejected. It had been proposed for the Tesco car park in Cheriton High Street, but councillors have turned it down amid fears over increased litter and pollution. The night flicks drive-in cinema in Raynham has had to cancel a screening after cars got stuck in mud. A tow truck was called to help get vehicles out following the event in a field off Spade Lane on Monday night. And we all like a story with a happy ending. This is certainly one. A dog that was thought to have been stolen from a home near Sevenoaks has been found. Ten-month-old Caucasian shepherd Ivor disappeared from his pen in Knockout last Thursday. He's now been reunited with his owner. Kent Online Sports. Football and the Gillingham manager says his players missed a lot of chances in last night's game against Accrington Stanley. The Jules were beaten 2-0 at Priestfield, their second League One defeat in a row. Boss Steve Evans says mistakes were made. Very scrappy in the first half. I think they've got more of the ball than us. We look pretty ineffective, to be fair. But it's very, very scrappy. There's, there's no chances at either end. There's a few crosses into the box or a few corners, but there's no chances. And then just before half-time, some, somebody doesn't do a job. He's got allocated man marker. He gambles to go somewhere else, which is just a criminal sin. But he does it, and they, we go one down, and we changed it. We changed the system at half-time, and... They have a bit more belief. Like, second half, I don't think they've touched the ball. I think we've we've dominated possession. We've dominated chances. Huge, huge errors for the goal. Tommy's a scarf clearance. Drysdale gets, I don't know what he does. He loses possession in the box. 
and Jack Tucker don't pick a striker up, he picks space up. So, um, but I'm not, I'm not going to come out and complain about the second half. I think we rolled the ball. I can look at my strikers because we missed a series of chances, good chances at a key stage at 1-0. And if you don't take them, you, you get punished. And that's what's happened. I think it was, was it 21, 22 minutes into the second half, they, they get the second goal, but they've not been out of the box. I don't think they've been out of the half. But uh, you have to take your chances. But, but over the piece, we're... We'll just go away and go back on the train and go and walk hard. We miss chances, you know, I think if we equalise then, it's always some butts in football, isn't it? If we equalise, we've got good chances to equalise. These are not half chances, these are good chances. All over a kindy, your two main strikers get good chances. A few blocks, that's what Accrington do, they're a good side. They play very well, they counter-attack when they get under pressure. Um, I think they're even surprised with the second goal. I think it stunned them because there was silence all around them, wasn't there? Because they didn't expect it. It's two or three huge errors that leads them to get the second goal. And that becomes very difficult because they're very resolute, they're experienced. So we just need to go back on the training ground. We're hurting at the minute, we lack of personnel, lack of injuries and such like. So we need to have a review of what we're doing medically-wise and training, etc. So we'll, we'll get ready for, for Rochdale. And there's another injury blow to add to Gillingham's list. Striker Dominic Samuel was stretched off the pitch last night and could be out for a month. They're now 13th in the table and travel to Rochdale at the weekend. Elsewhere, two Kent teams are through to the third round of the FA Trophy. Ebbsfleet beat Chippenham and Dartford beat Slough after both matches went to penalties last night. Tunbridge Angels were knocked out by Hornchurch. Well, that's it for today. Thanks ever so much for downloading. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all of KM Group's newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.